Well, good morning. As Pastor Mary said, we're Edward and Emily Break, and we work with CRU, which is the U.S. Ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ International. We specifically work with students at UNH doing campus ministry there, and then Edward also works part-time with CRU's missions trip team, which sends students around the world and around the country on mission trips for the summer, for spring breaks. Um, you might see in the front row up here, sorry to those of you who are online, our two kids. You can also see them. I think we've got a picture up there. If you can't see them in the front row, we have Samuel, who's three years old, and Sophia, who's almost nine months. And our students love them, and they love our students. So they are really fun to do ministry with. I grew up here, so I know a lot of faces and Community Chapel partners with us in doing ministry. You guys pray for us, you give, so that we are able to do the ministry that we do. And every summer, we come and share what God is doing and ways that you can be praying for us. So it's always great to be here. And although there are fewer of us physically here, we know there's a lot watching online. So hi to all of you watching us on Facebook know that we so appreciate your partnership and that we wouldn't be able to do the ministry we do without your partnership, without your giving and your prayers. Uh, and as Pastor Mary said earlier, we'll be speaking twice this summer while Pastor Jeff's on sabbatical. So we'll be here today and again on August 22nd. And as the series of our place in this world continues we decided that today we're going to look back at the past year and what God has done at UNH through crew in our ministry. And then when we're here in August, we'll take the chance to look ahead at what's coming in this new school year. Uh, and so today we're going to look at John chapter 4, verses 35 to 42, and highlight some of the ways that we've seen the truth, the truth of that passage play out in our lives and ministry this past year, um, and the unlikely ways we've seen God work. But before we do that, let's pray, and then we'll jump in. God, thank you for the chance to be here at Community Chapel today. Thanks for this church and the blessing they are in our lives and the blessing they are to this community. Um, yeah, even hearing the announcement about Wednesdays with the kids and um, how you were at work in that group in the park. And we pray that you would continue to use this church. We pray that you would use our words today. Um, God, that we would hear what you want us to hear as we gather today. And pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll look at John 4, 35 to 42. I'm going to pull it up on my phone because well, we got out the door with two kids, but no Bible. Um, but isn't it amazing that we have the ability to have the scripture in our pocket on our phone all the time? Uh, so John 4, starting in verse 35. Do you not say, there are yet four months, then come the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. 
Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans, so when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. And they came to the woman and said, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Uh, a little quick context on this. This is Jesus talking to his disciples after his conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well. Um, so if you have not read that recently, I'd encourage you to go back and read all of John 4. It's one of the most incredible uh, conversations that Jesus has with someone as recorded in Scripture. Uh, and yeah, we're just going to highlight a few things from the passage today and share ways that we've seen it to be true in our lives and ministry this year. Uh, so, verse 35, if you want to put that on the screen, um, again says, Do you not say, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. And we've seen this to be true this year, that we've seen God at work despite a pandemic, despite COVID precautions on campus, that the harvest is here, that God is already at work, that God is always at work despite the circumstances around us. Well, I know this is true for all of you, that our lives were disrupted and so last August, as we're sitting with our staff team, we think to ourselves, okay, we have to throw our normal plan out the window. Because normally, at the start of the school year, what we do is we throw a lot of parties with a lot of free pizza. And as you can imagine, in a COVID world, that doesn't really work to get hundreds of freshmen together and give them food. So we started with a new way to reach freshmen, and we went where students already are. We went on Instagram. So I coach our social media team. Um, we use primarily Instagram. And I have an amazing group of students who create posts. If you are on Instagram, you should definitely follow us. I love my students. They do a great job. We're at crew, C-R-U U-N-H. And what we did last year was we just started posting as much as we could using every hashtag we could think of. If you're on Instagram at all, you know those just help students find what you're posting. And we created a survey too, because we knew one of the biggest needs for students last year was going to be community, wanting to plug in. And that's hard enough to do in a normal year. That's super hard to do in the middle of a pandemic when you have a lot of restrictions and not a lot of gatherings. So we said, hey, fill out this survey and you can choose what you're interested in. If you want an upperclassman buddy in your major, tell us what your major is, check this box. If you are looking for a Bible study, check this box. If you're someone who doesn't really have a spiritual background, but you would love to get coffee with one of our students and crew and talk about spiritual things and ask them your questions, check this box. And through that, we had over 20 students sign up and most of those stayed plugged in with crew throughout the year. That's phenomenal. On a good year, 
to get 20 freshmen involved is incredible. To see that in the middle of COVID when everyone said, oh, you won't get any students, was just such a sweet reminder that God isn't limited by the things that limit us. And another example of that was our Tuesday nights. So in a normal year, we have anywhere from 60 to 100 students who meet on Tuesday nights in a room in the student center. Well, this year, that wasn't going to be possible because of restrictions at UNH. And so we changed it. We said, hey, you get a small group that's going to meet together all year, six to 10 students. And then each small group would pull up their computer and tune into a Zoom call where myself or another staff member or a student would be sharing some content from the Bible. So you got that bigger sense of community, but then you could hang up the Zoom call after 15 or 20 minutes when we were done and have real people that you were discussing it with and praying for each other. And one of the incredible ways God used that was we have a group of students at Keene State College, where I graduated from, who are working to start a crew group there. And we said, hey, we know you have enough to juggle this year. Jump on the Zoom call Tuesday nights, have the content, and then you get to hang up and you have your own small group at Keene every Tuesday night. And so we got to see, again, God do something we wouldn't have expected to be a blessing, COVID restrictions, be a blessing and actually be a way that we could help students at Keene State work to launch a crew group there. And for me, uh, with my international trip, or sorry, my mission trip team, we have changed our name this year, it still confuses me. Um, we are now in charge of all mission trips for crew and helping with the logistics for those. And as we sent international interns this year to campuses around the world uh, to minister, we were able to send them off in the fall, and they were, for the most part, able to be overseas for the entire year. Uh, but then in January, we started training trip leaders for summer mission trips happening this summer. And I had a moment in February where it was really easy to say, there's four more months and then comes the harvest. Like, this isn't going to be worth it for this summer to put in all this effort to train leaders in the midst of COVID, I don't see how it's gonna be possible for them to go. But we continued to train leaders. Um, I so appreciate working for an organization that says we're gonna step out in faith, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna trust God to bring the results. And so we trained trip leaders, and this summer we're able to send summer missions. Um, we sent 69 summer missions, including to international locations, so both US and international, and sent 1,500 students on summer missions with crew this summer, uh, which can be so impactful for students as they go. Uh, this is my team on a video call. We're a remote team. You can note that Samuel is joining and borrowing my headphones while on the call. Uh, often true in the home office that he'll just come hang out. Uh, and we talked to a trip leader yesterday who had just gotten back from one of these summer mission trips. And they, while overseas, were able to meet 30 students and connect them with long-term staff there to continue conversations about Jesus. Um, and then we'll hop to that next slide and we'll look at verses 36 through 38 uh, that say, already the one 
who is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Uh, And we see this often true in our ministry, that one sows and another reaps. And I think for me, at least, this past year, it has felt like a year of reaping and trusting, sorry, that's backwards, sowing and trusting God that others will reap the harvest later. Uh, And one of the surprising conversations I got to have this year is that out of the blue in November, I got a phone call from who we will call Jake the Freshman, uh, who had heard about crew from someone we knew, got my number from them, and called up to say, hey, I'm interested in crew, and based on my conversation with this friend of yours, hearing more about a relationship with God. So I was like, one, that's amazing that a freshman picked up a phone and called me. And two, you want to hear about a relationship with God. So I'm like, let's grab coffee, because uh, that's what we do with students. So we met up at a coffee shop um, and got to talk about the gospel for about an hour. Um, I used an app that Crew has developed called the God Tools app. I think we'll have a picture up here. Uh, that has a presentation of the gospel as well as some other resources. And it's great to have a gospel presentation on your phone because it is totally natural with college students to be like, hey, check out this thing on my phone. Or in this case, to be like, let me text this to you and we'll sit six feet apart and you can look at it on your phone and I'll look at it on mine and we'll talk it through. And then you have it when this conversation's over. Uh, And so... The God Tools app lays out the gospel, summarizes the gospel this way. That God loves you and created you to know him personally. That we're separated from God by our sin, so we cannot know him or experience his love. That Jesus is God's only solution for our sin, and only through him can we know God and receive his love and forgiveness. And we must each respond to Jesus by placing our trust in him as Savior and Lord. Only then can we know God personally. And the good news of the gospel is that God in Jesus has made a way to rescue us from our sin and give us relationship with himself. So Jake the freshman and I spent an hour talking through these four points and the scriptures that go with them and him asking questions to clarify, me asking questions to make sure he understood things. And in the end, he left with an understanding of what Jesus had done for him and a decision to make as to whether or not he would follow Jesus. And so often we're sowers of the good news on the field that is the University of New Hampshire, knowing that sometimes those seeds take root and we get to see the fruit in the four years that students are there. And sometimes it takes years and that God has, typically, lots of years to work in students' lives after they leave campus. Yes, and we're going to jump back to our passage because I think it's interesting to look at this section and think about what sowing and reaping looks at. So if you don't mind pulling up verses 39 through 41. 
It says many Samaritans from that town believed in him, Jesus, because of the woman's testimony where she said, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. So what you notice here is that the Samaritans were willing to come to Jesus because of that first woman who went and told them about Jesus, and she shared her story. This is what I experienced of Jesus. Come check them out for yourselves. And that's what we want for our students. We want our students to have somebody in their life who's the one saying, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what he's done in my life. Come check him out for yourself and see if he is who he says he is. So Sometimes we're the ones doing that. We're the ones talking to people like Jake the freshman and telling him about Jesus. But often we want to be the ones who are teaching our students who already know Jesus. Here's how you do this. Here's how you have eyes to see your classmates and the people living in your dorms and the people on your track team, the way God sees them and you're thinking, how can I be sharing about Jesus in a way that will make them willing to come see Jesus for themselves. And we want our students to get that this isn't a just, oh, I put on my Christian hat today and I'm thinking about sharing my faith, and then I take off my Christian hat and I go to my biology class. No, this is all the time for all of us. I don't just put on my Christian minister hat and think about sharing Jesus when I'm on campus. I want to be praying all the time when I'm in the grocery store, when I'm hanging out with the moms in my neighborhood, and I'm, I'm not going to say I do this perfectly, but it is so sweet when God answers my prayers, when I'm awake enough to think to pray. So we visited family in South Carolina at the beginning of this month. And on the plane ride back, I was sitting next to a girl who was very engrossed in her book. And I'm juggling a baby. And I was like, well, you know, okay, maybe this isn't the time I'll have a conversation. But I just prayed. I said, God, you know, if you would open a door for a conversation with this girl. I'd love to talk with her. I love people. I love knowing what their spiritual journeys are. And sure enough, Sophia, our daughter, being her cute self, you know, kind of like starts leaning over and making eye contact. And the girl looked up from her book and we started talking. Turns out she's a grad student at UMass Amherst. And so I just asked her more about her life, her major, why she's studying it, what her spiritual journey is and had the opportunity to just kind of push back on her saying, well, I like what Jesus says, but I don't think he's the son of God, by asking some more questions about that. And that's what we mean when we talk about sewing. Like, I didn't see the student woman on the plane decide, I'm going to follow Jesus today, but I had the opportunity to plant some seeds and to pray that God will keep putting more people in her path as she goes back to UMass Amherst that will keep planting seeds in her life will keep nudging her closer to Jesus. An analogy that we use a lot, I think we've got a slide of it, is a football field. Um, we straight up stole this from the book God Space by Doug Pollock, which is a great book to read. It's really short if you want. And he talks about in a football game, which I don't really watch football, so I don't know why I ended up being the one explaining this, but... You got me, so sorry. Um, 
it's pretty rare, right, to throw the football all the way down the field from one end zone to another. Typically, you're moving it in short passes down the field. And it's the same way with people. People are kind of all over the spiritual football field. Some are closer than others to the end zone. But as Christians, we should walk out our door every day thinking, God, would you put people in my path where I can help move them a little bit closer to Jesus today, where I can help move the spiritual football in their lives a little closer to the end zone? And just trust God with the results. Don't feel like you have to be the one to move them from one end of the field to the other. Trust that there are other people God is putting in their lives who are doing the same thing. When I think about the spiritual football field, I think about one of the girls I got to mentor this past year and a half. Um, Again, a really sweet example of God working in unexpected ways in the pandemic. This is Alexa. As you might guess from the stethoscope around her neck, she just graduated in May with her nursing degree. And I never would have gotten to mentor her if it wasn't for the pandemic, because typically nursing majors have a jam-packed schedule. But with COVID, her clinicals got canceled last spring, and so she suddenly had all sorts of free time because she wasn't at a hospital. So we started going for walks every week with me pushing the stroller and just talking about life and Jesus. And as I got to hear more of her story, she came into college her freshman year knowing Jesus, but not really following him at all with the choices she was making. And then as God just kept putting other Christians in her life, and she started attending a Bible study, she went to a winter conference with us for crew, it just, you saw her life totally transform as she was like, I'm all in. I'm going to follow Jesus, and he's going to be the one calling the shots in my life. And so Alexa, this past year, her senior year, she was the one I would text when we had a freshman fill out a survey on Instagram that said, hey, I want to meet with somebody and get coffee and ask them my spiritual questions. I would text Alexa and say, hey, do you have any free time this week to meet up with this freshman girl who has questions? And Alexa would say, yes, send them to me. I love coffee. I love Jesus. And I love freshmen. And that's what we want. We want to see all of our students love Jesus and love other people and want to take every opportunity that God gives them to share Jesus with those around them. And to finish our passage, we'll look at verse 42 one more time. Um, And they, the people of the town, said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Uh, And ultimately, this is what we want. We want that whatever we say, whatever Alexa or other students say to students, that students would look at Jesus for themselves, would encounter him, would come to know him, and would know that he is indeed the Savior of the world, and that they would choose to follow him. One other really cool way that we get to interact with students is that God pretty literally dropped a house in our laps this winter. Um, You can put up that slide. Uh, We, the short story, is that we weren't looking to buy a house. We were not in the market at all. I went for a run, saw a for sale sign, 
And within a week, we went from not being in the housing market to being under contract to buy this house um, in a way that only God could do. And so we bought this house in February um, and moved in in February. And the house literally backs up to campus. If you'll skip the next one and then go to the photo in the backyard. One more. Yeah. Um, so through the tree line, the parking lot, and the buildings that you see are UNH's campus. Um, we've already been able to host students in our backyard. This is a senior dinner for graduating seniors last May. Um, and it was so much fun to have students finish dinner and be like, all right, I'm going back to campus. I'm going to use the little path through the trees onto campus to go wherever I'm going next. Um, and so we are excited to continue to use the house for years to come, that God has given us this blessing, and we want to bless students and use it for ministry for years to come. And with the purchase of the house and the birth of Sophia this past year, we're working to raise additional funds for our ministry this summer. Uh, we realized that we haven't done full-time support raising since I joined staff six years ago. And at that point, we were in a one-bedroom apartment, and it was just the two of us. And since then, God has blessed us with two great kids and now a house. Um, and all staff with crew raised their own funding to cover salary and ministry expenses and things like health insurance and taxes. And we want to be fully funded when campus starts back in the fall so we can be fully engaged in our roles we invite people to partner with our ministry through prayer and giving, whether that be ongoing or special gifts. Um, so if you individually would like to hear more about how you can partner with our ministry, uh, as you go out the door, there's some flyers that you can grab one, or you can come talk to us, uh, hopefully outside if it's stopped raining. If not, we'll be just inside the door. Um, or you can email me and we'll get in touch with you. I think we'll also have something in the church email this week, hopefully. Um, and know that we so appreciate Community Chapel and many of you who already partner with our ministry. Your prayers, which are essential to impacting and reaching campus, and your giving that allows us to focus full-time on campus and on our roles with crew. So let me pray, and uh, we'll finish. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this church and, again, the blessing that they are to us. And we pray that you would continue to work and impact students on campus. Um, God, that you would turn students from darkness and bring them into the light and into knowledge of you. Um, God, that you would use this church to impact the city of Nashua uh, and do the same here, that people in Nashua would turn from death to life in Jesus because of this church. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.